Hey, it's Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. Before we get to another great podcast, this time with Ben at Grow Labs, quick shout out to Cruise Tax Team. They're kicking butt. Three weeks left till the deadline. It's been an awesome tax year. And we will be taking new tax clients uh, at the end of October. So we'll take a little breather. And if you need your taxes done for next year, hit us up. Also, shout out to Cruise Venture Debt Fetch. This is one of my pet projects. We will actually help you connect to lenders. Then we'll break down the term sheets. We'll tell you what the best deal is. We'll help negotiate it. And we'll get you a great deal. And also, good lenders to work with. That's very important. The lenders we go to are the top-notch folks, best in the business. So check out Venture.Fetch at Cruise Consulting and also the Cruise Tax website. And with that, let's get to Ben at Grow Labs. Welcome to Founders and Friends Podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And my very special guest is Ben Raffi from Grow Labs. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me, Scott. Really excited to uh, talking to you today. Is that a charming French accent you have? It is. Yeah, I'm actually from France. Oh wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm married, and my wife can't hear that charming <laughs> accent. And uh, uh, well, hey. So thanks for joining. You're a client. You're you referred by a good friend of ours. And maybe you can start off by just kind of telling the story of Grow Labs and how you got to the point of starting the company. Yeah, for sure. So, as I mentioned, originally from France, uh, but I actually went to school in Canada. So I left France when I was 18, uh, studied in Canada, studied engineering, and then started my first company um, back in Canada. Uh, company was it's called Universe. It's an event ticketing app for event organizers, and you know, built a great product, great team, but then really realized what was really difficult was how to get customers at scale. And we're in an industry where like, it was big ta- a big target market, but it was very hard to reach out to the people, yeah. and we needed to do it very efficiently because we weren't making a lot of money per client. Uh, and so I built a lot of different automation. Uh, you know, I had contractors in India and the Philippines doing research for us. Uh, we had to aggregate data, we had to clean it up. Um, we had to do all sorts of things, and basically kind of like duct taping a lot of different things together. And so I learned a lot through the process. Uh, I ended up being very successful. We acquired 32,000 clients in three and a half years with only 10 sales people. So it was very efficient. Uh, So I ended up selling this business to Ticketmaster and Live Nation about three years ago. Uh, Stayed there for a little bit, but then decided to leave to start Grow Labs because I realized there was a big need to help other businesses do the same thing, which is how to acquire clients at scale and all of the other solutions were you know only like partially there or you had to still duct tape a lot of different things yeah. uh, so i decided to start grow labs uh, about two and a half years ago was it fun to start with like a clean sheet of paper like you got because you had all these probably kind of messy integrations and messy messaging systems that people contractors and things like that and like yeah and it was it was amazing to start clean but also having you know having at the experience of doing it the dirty way, yeah. it really, really helped like get us to market and you know find the product to market fit really yeah. fast. And and to get kind of, I want to get back to that because you did get product market fit really fast, and that had some ramifications for your cap table and things like that. But like maybe talk about the automation involved and in what your you know, the sweet spot for you guys as, as a company. Yeah, uh, so kind of like, you know, high-level Grow Labs is an all-in-one sales automation tool. So we combine the lead generation with sales automation. And it's very different for, from the typical, you know, marketing automation. We're trying to, to get existing clients or trying to get people that have signed up for your webinar. This is really how to acquire leads at scale and convert them. Yeah. Uh, so what we do is we have a property database of 320 million verified prospects. So our clients uh, are all B2B companies, they come to our platform and they can define their ideal customer profile. So an example could be, you know, you're targeting 
I don't know, the VP of advertising uh, at you know, marketing companies that are between 50 to 500 employees, uh, maybe based in New York. Uh, there's a lot of different filters. You can filter by funding amounts, uh, amount of revenue, uh, industries, tons of different things. Uh, even the technology that they use. You can say like, hey, I want to target people who use Salesforce, for oh example. Gosh, yeah. uh, so really, really powerful. And then from there, we have an artificial intelligence uh, algorithm that uh, helps the company engage those leads uh, with one-to-one -one customized email and we optimize when to send the emails, when to send the follow-ups, all the way to when people respond to those emails, we actually triage the responses. Uh, so we use natural language processing. You know, if it's an out-of-office, we act, which happens a lot, especially in the summer, yeah, yeah. we actually detect when the person is back into the oh office. Oh my gosh, that's, a, that's we, genius. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we schedule the next email a few days after they're back. Uh, if someone is not interested, we mark it as such, the automation stops. And only when there's a positive response, so people saying, hey, I'm interested in your product, I'd like more information, I want to do a demo, that gets passed to the sales reps. So really our entire philosophy is we want to make the sales reps way more efficient. Because yeah. if you look at sales organization these days, most sales reps spend a lot of time prospecting, you know, doing the outreach, doing the follow-up manually. It's very, very tedious. They only spend about 20% of the time talking to qualified leads. Yeah. And that's really that's wrong, right? And they're usually pretty expensive people. Like they usually have pretty high salaries relative to like the rest of the organization. Exactly. And so really the idea is like let's replace those studio tasks with all the automation. And these days, you know, with artificial intelligence, you can actually go a really long way. And so our goal is passing those qualified leads so that the sales reps spend all of their time, hundred percent of their time on you know qualified demos yeah and the way we actually sell is you know some of my sales reps they show their calendars to the prospects they're like hey i have eight meetings back to back today and that was automatically set up for me yeah. like how many meetings do your sales reps get every yeah. day yeah and people are like oh maybe like one right yeah. that's amazing and so it's it's like they don't even have to really do any work like the system and the contact i guess the work is done in kind of fine-tuning who they're reaching out to and what their target customers but they should know that already. And yeah. They can go in the system and the dashboard and Yeah, and what, what we actually do is uh, we have something called uh, lookalikes. So yeah. once people start responding positively to your campaign, our system actually analyzes the trends, like what industries, what technology those people are using, what job titles do they have, and then we can actually recommend other people are similar. So over time, it's easier and easier to target the right people. It's kind of like the Facebook lookalike audience, right? Is yes. that kind of how you think about it? Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. How do you know, maybe this is some of your secret sauce, so don't, if you, you don't need to, tell me but how do you know like if they're using Salesforce or not or how do you know what their title is, is it like you scanning other databases yeah so we have partnership with tons of different data aggregators uh, we also have our own web scraping so we look at publicly information on their website yeah. we look at the code base of their website so we can detect oh. uh, things that they've implemented on their website uh, we also have contractors so we have contractors that do research uh, and then the final piece is we have engagement data. We're very, very different from you know, a pure lead generation company that just sells a bunch of lists. We actually engage these leads so we know when an email bounces. We know when someone's on vacation. We know when someone actually responds positively to a campaign. So yeah. we know who the decision makers are the company. So we aggregate all of this data and that makes the database really rich but also very up to date. Wow, that's amazing. And so you, as you discussed, you hit product market fit really quickly. And you, you guys are, you got, you're a rare company and you're doing extremely well, but you've almost like bootstrapped the company. You really haven't taken much capital at all. Like, was that a conscious choice you made? Yeah, absolutely. So we've raised $2.2 million, uh, which, you know, especially in San Francisco is not a lot. And the entire team, you know, is based here in San Francisco. Uh, so we have, you know, high salary, because it's just the Bay Area. You're telling me, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you know, we've been able to actually reach profitability three months after we launched the product. Uh, and we've continued to grow on at 20 or 30% months over months. One is because we've been able to hit product to market fit fast because no, I knew the industry, I knew the yeah. pain points, and I knew how to solve them. Uh, but we also have an amazing team, so we've been able to move really fast. But also, we you know, are generating revenue to our clients, and that's really key. We're not a cost driver, and you know, our clients don't see us as, as an optimization tool or you know, monitoring tool. We're really like, hey, this is a new channel for them to bring uh, yeah. new revenue. And the ROI is amazing because not only do we bring the new revenue, but we're also making the sales reps more efficient. So you know, maybe they don't need 10 sales reps, or maybe with 10 sales reps, they can do five times more revenue than they're currently doing. So it's a, the ROI just makes a lot I of sense. I hadn't thought about the efficiency. I mean, in my brain, I was like, oh, this probably pays for itself, or by 10 times or something for sure. like that. But I hadn't thought about the fact that they, by making the sales team more efficient, they don't have to hire as many salespeople. Exactly. Which wow. is fascinating for us because we're tapping into the sales and marketing budget, but also in the HR budget because you know some organizations want to hire 20 sales reps this year and they have a budget for that, yeah. and then they realize, oh, maybe I only need 10. Yeah. Well, 10 sales reps, that's a huge amount of yeah. you know, budget that you can allocate towards lead generation. You probably cut the churn on the salespeople too because they're getting good qualified leads very quickly. They don't struggle. They don't quit because they're not making, because salespeople will usually, they're not making money, they'll quit. Exactly. Or they get fired. And you know. you know, like it's all the tedious tasks that we're taking out of the equation. So yeah. really we're bringing them more time so they can focus on the value added task, which is yeah. building the relationship, that, you know, selling on the value prop of the, of the product they're trying to sell yeah. and not just doing the follow-ups and the manual tasks that, yeah. you know, a computer can do. Dude, that's that's really amazing, and I I have the benefit of seeing your friend. You are growing super fast. It's <laughs> really awesome. I can vouch for everything you're doing. So, are there certain verticals you've done really well in, or did you start small and go big, or how? Yeah, it so you know, we work with B two B companies, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so any company that's selling to other businesses works really well. Um, we have clients small and big. You know, our biggest clients is Cisco. Uh, you know, we're working with their team in the US, their team in the UK, uh, but we have super small clients that you know. Are, even like small agencies that don't even have sales reps and you know typically like the salesman like the manager doing their own sales themselves when they have time yeah. and so we kind of replacing the sales team uh, but most most of our clients you know have a sales team of between like two or three up to you know thousands like Cisco yeah. uh, and we really have them generate so new you're leads. generating leads for like a thousand salespeople at Cisco that's insane yeah wow <laughs> and so was there like a like a lot of times companies like yourselves that get product market fit they, it happens in like one area was there some was there was it the ticketing space or was there entertainment or no. what was the area that just like clicked right away for you no we do have i mean some clients in the ticketing space just because i i, I you know i have a not large network there but we actually have most clients you know i would say in you know technology uh, a lot of like SaaS companies yeah. you know people have recurring revenue uh, makes a lot of sense any company that has a large target market that targets you know a lot of small businesses or medium-sized yeah. businesses it makes a ton of sense because you just need to be efficient yeah, yeah, in yeah. the way you sell. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, so we've talked about all the amazing things and how well it's working. Was there any points where like you're like, oh gosh, I got to fix this or this isn't working? Oh, I mean, you like know, every day, every or, day. Yeah. Like it's a startup. You know, we, we're trying to move as fast as possible, trying to add as as much impact as possible. So every day we doing new things we we move fast we do end up breaking some stuff uh but at the end of the day what's great is you know just seeing the impact in the hour as you said like the hour is like you know 10x and sometimes that happens in like a month uh, so it's kind of like and for us what's amazing is it's very easy to track the roi because we yeah. engage these leads we pass them to the clients 
and they can we can see if it, if they're closing or not. Oh, that's interesting. How do you see? Like, is it because so we actually integrate with the CRM? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. really smart. Oh yeah. my gosh. You could probably also see the database gets smarter because you can see who's responding to stuff. And so exactly. if you know they're talk, they're thinking about this, then maybe they're thinking about something else. Exactly. And they actually, our clients can upload the list of their existing clients. And from there, we can say, hey, here are like 5,000 other companies that have similar properties, yeah, similar yeah, profiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here are the decision makers That's you can talk That's the lookalike stuff. Exactly. Like, sure. Oh my gosh. Is there a specific, like, sometimes people like to hear war stories. Like, was there something where a moment where you were like nervous or... Something uh, that you know, need to overcome, or maybe not, it was like hiring your sales team. Not really. Like I mean, what's interesting is, you know, I always say we are our biggest customer. We, you know, we use our product a yeah, lot, and we're cool. the first one to, you know, test the boundaries of it. So usually, when something is slow, like for example, reporting, we're the first one to see the impact of reporting being slow because we have, for example, we demo our product using our own tool. So we have like hundreds of tests. <laughs> sequences and test audiences and we're like oh this page is actually getting slower so usually we hit those boundaries before our clients which is great yeah uh, we actually have 65 percent of our new uh, clients coming from us using our product oh my uh, gosh so so you're ba- so again it's paying for itself for you guys too. exactly do you think about like your software development and all that kind of stuff in terms of that where like you're investing in your team you're making the product better but you know there's kind of a twofold payoff and both in revenue for you know your future clients but also the fact that you're just getting such a good ROI yourself exactly exactly I will say like we almost have you know an internal research team because when we hit pain points or when we have new ideas if it's valuable to us usually it's going to be valuable to clients obviously sometimes there's specific features for different industries uh, but you know for the most part it benefits us first and then all all of our clients yeah I was looking at your website you have like Upwork as a client or what are are some of the maybe a couple example clients and like what they really love about you guys or how how they've implemented it because I would imagine like the Cisco thousand rep thing is different than maybe like a, someone targeting small businesses. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, a good example would be NatureBox. You know, it's a fast company. They they basically do snack delivery yeah. uh, for small businesses, uh, medium-sized businesses, and so they're reaching out to either the CEO of very small businesses or the office manager of medium-sized businesses. And so what works really well is having different kind of like ideal customer profile, a yeah. different type of organization. And then I think we have them really having a customized messaging for each profile. Yeah. So you're going to reach very differently to the CEO than you're going to reach to the totally. office, office manager. You know, there's different value props. Do you have like a customer success person who helps them with that and like, yes. like writes the copy or how, who does that? Kind yeah, of so we actually have a, a team of copywriters that writes yeah. a copy for our clients. We actually do that cost. It's like a hundred bucks for the clients. Yeah. And it's obviously optional, uh, but I would say about 80% of our clients do that. You, you know, probably un- know it works too. Exactly. We know what works. We have a lot of data about what's working with a lot of experience, you know, working with hundreds of companies and doing that. Uh, but we also have a dedicated customer success manager. So each client gets their dedicated customer success manager uh, and we try to group them by industry. So they each have clients in different industries. So then you can kind of like learn what's working in one industry and benefit from that. Uh, so obviously we don't share any confidential data or strategies, yeah. but there's definitely some best practices that, that we can we can. So, so a small business oriented company like NatureBox is going to have a different kind of, or maybe it's a fun message or something like that because it's a... A recreational or a fun perk and then, exactly. then maybe like the Cisco hardware is more totally of a performance or something yes. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You, you actually made a point that I think is really interesting. Like you, you grew up in Canada, 
yet you started the company here in San Francisco and the high salaries and everything. Like, what were some of the trade-offs when you were deciding where to base the company? Yeah, I mean, I think there are pros and cons. I'm a big fan of Canada. Uh, obviously, it's lower cost there. Uh, I think the benefits of San Francisco is just a network of companies and almost the pressure of you just have to move fast. You know, you're yeah. spending money. You just have to move fast. Yeah. Uh, and for me, you know, that was the biggest factor. Uh, and you also have talents that have been in very, very fast-moving startups. And so you can learn a lot from that. Like, everyone we hire, you know, we've been very, very picky. And so we can learn a lot from them and challenge each other. And here, you know that if you're not growing super fast, people are going to leave. You know, yeah, there are a lot of exciting companies. Yeah. So it's kind of like you have that pressure of always hitting the next milestone and always being innovative and growing fast. Yeah. Uh, so I like that a lot for that. But it is obviously stressful because you don't have a year or two to figure things out. Yeah, yeah. You said you guys raised a couple million dollars in, in your, you know, again, this may be something confidential you don't want to share, but you have the profile of a company that could raise a humongous round if you want yeah. to. You probably made a conscious effort to not do that. What's kind of the trade-offs for you? Yeah, I mean, for me right now, we're able to generate enough revenue, we're profitable, and so, you know, it's like, I have investors kind of like knocking at our yeah, doors I'm this sure. time. That's what kind of I'm alluding yeah, to. Yeah, which was yeah. very different from your know, last company where I had to chase investors a lot more. This time I have a lot more investors kind of coming in, uh, which is good. And so I'm, we're still, you know, building, we have still have a lot of velocity. Uh, and so unless there is a point where like I really see like, you know, big cash injection will make sense for us, which it will at some point, yeah. uh, I will do that. But for now, it's really about the core team, you know, hiring the top people that we can to, to really continue to innovate. Yeah. Um, and the benefit right now is that we don't have distraction. Yeah. You know, I don't spend a lot of time with my investors. I really spend the time with the customers, understanding their pain point with the team and how we can build really innovative products. Yeah. And that's what I really value right now. Um, so we really also talked about in the context of like being based in San Francisco and the, the kind of peer pressure. There's a um, I because we're bootstrapped ourselves, like yep. and that's a starter company, and we haven't taken funding. And it's like there's a there's an internal pressure to solve problems quickly when you don't have a ton of margin for error in the yeah. form of capital. Do you feel that? Is oh, that absolutely. For you too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And your whole team probably understands that too, yes. right? Because they're like. It's not the, hey, I want to go spend $100,000 to go to a week-long conference or something like that. It's like, you know, they know they can't do that. No, absolutely. And I think it, it brings some, you know, it, it's challenging sometimes because you do see competitors doing like crazy stuff with the money they raise. But at the same time, it really helps you focus on what really matters and actually tracking the right things. Uh, so, so far, it's been really successful yeah. for us. There's another thing I want to ask you about, which is this is your second company. And I always find that there's, I love working with, with second and third time entrepreneurs because you guys kind of, for lack of a better word, you know what's bullshit and what's not, and it's really, you guys are, tend to be very easy, because we know what's important, but a lot of times we're, because we have so many clients, but we're, a lot of times for new people, we're, new entrepreneurs, we're teaching them what's important, yeah. and trying to get them kind of on track, and here's what to focus on. Are there, are there moments when you reflect back on your previous company, and, and then now, like that you see massive time savings maybe it's in recruiting or maybe it's recruiting the right kind of person or what what are some of the benefits of doing it second time yeah i mean i think you i've learned a lot from my first experience uh, obviously yeah, it's a very different business um but i do think i've learned a lot I, I agree that you know i think the first time around you think that every single little detail is going to matter at the end of the day you know there's really only a few things you can do in the day that are actually yeah. going to be game changing uh and so i i ended up being a lot less stressed about things that I don't do yeah. uh, and really focus on the thing that actually I think I'm going to move the needle. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest difference, I think. 
And, you know, I think I learned that at my previous company, but just investing in the right talent. Like we have a really amazing team. You know, we're like 16 people, um, but we're, we're generating more revenue than, you know, a lot of companies that I've raised like 100 times more money yeah. than us. Um, so that's really exciting to me. And that, you know, that, that's why I, I remember like every yeah. single day. Were you able to start the company with like your same tech team or same some of the same executives from your previous company? Yeah, or? so one of my co-founders was actually one of my first employees, my first company. Ah. Uh, one of our, the head of customer success was working for my first company as well. So we have a lot of people like that. Uh, my CTO actually worked with my other co-founder uh, at another startup in the Bay Area. So we all kind of knew each other and had previous successes together. Yeah. Uh, that helps a lot, obviously. Yeah, because uh, I, I feel like assembling the team and not... That's, that's something that takes some time usually, but if you know kind of who you mesh with and who you can hire, yes. it saves it. And a lot of heartache, to be honest with you. Like, exactly. And the company culture is, I mean, for me, like the top, like the first 25 hires and the company culture is going to you know, determine everything. Yeah. Um, and so I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and who to hire and, and how to continue having a very efficient team. Because yeah. we, could, we could double the team, but it doesn't mean that we would even increase efficiency. Like I've seen teams double, but then efficiency actually decrease. Well, that's kind of what I was talking about with the capital raising. It's yes. like you see, you see bloated companies that people aren't, like that, that capital isn't actually being spent well, yep. you know, which is what you want to avoid. And then it becomes a liquidation preference and it's kind of tough to get out from under. So. Yeah. And I think the one thing that, kind of like back to your question of what I've learned, I think what I'm trying to avoid as much as possible is meetings. I have kind of like, I hate meetings. And every time that someone puts uh, something on my counter, I'm like, why do we need to meet about this? Can we just... Yeah. you know, talk on Slack for like three minutes and have it resolved. Uh, sometimes it's very valuable, you know, if it's a brainstorming, product decision, those kind of thing, I value it a lot. But having to have people walk out of their desk, go in a room, close the door, you know, chit chat for a couple of minutes and then actually go in a meeting and then, I don't know, I feel there's a lot of wasted energy. And in my first company, we used to meet a lot. Now that, now that we have a lot more efficient tools to actually get feedback from our clients, feedback from our team, you know, we use Slack, we use Asana, there's a lot of tools that we put yeah. in place to be super efficient. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I walked into, I was needed like a conference room like two or three weeks ago, and I walked in and like three or four of our top people were in one meeting together. And I was like, how long is this meeting going? And they're like, two hours. And I was like, we should never have a meeting for two hours. There should <laughs> never, ever, in the whole history of the company, be a meeting for two hours. Like yeah. half an hour, 45 minutes. That's yeah. perfect, you know. Totally it's agree. crazy. But I, I did the math on that meeting, and that was like at least $1,000 an hour yeah. in, oh, for sure. in meeting costs. You know, it's, just, sure. it's crazy. Kind of talking about that, did you convey like the opportunity costs and like the dollar costs to your team to convince them? Or were they non-meeting people anyways because they came with you from the um, No, I think, you know, I think it's just, when you see how fast we're moving, people just understand. And yeah. when you put me in a meeting, you know, the meeting goes fast and I yeah. think people just started realizing like every minute counts yeah. uh, and you know, Again, in San Francisco, people just want to move fast and yeah. want to go back to their desk and, and create value. So yeah. if it's not valuable, uh, one thing that I always tell my people is like, you know, if something is wrong or if you're doing something wrong as a company or if you see hours of improvement, come to my desk, right? If something is not working, come to my desk and like freak out. That was one of the big things I tell everyone is like, come to me and freak out if like, you know, if you're wasting your time on any task, yeah. if you think we can fix something or improve something, like come to me. Uh, and so we have that really big culture on feedback and just people bring new ideas and we test them. And if it works out, then, you know, we're going to continue. Uh, implementing that's really, it. Cause we're kind of in that zone too. We're doing a lot of that. 
How do you, is there like a suggestion box? Is there a methodology? Or do they just walk up to your desk and say, I need a Yeah, so I encourage people to just literally walk up to my desk. Yeah. And because I'm not in a lot of meeting, I'm actually available a lot yeah. for that. And I value that a lot. But you know, we use tools like Slack, for example. So that's a great way yeah. for people to, to do that uh, if, if they don't feel comfortable yeah. as well. And I tend to have, you know, meetings like it's once a month with every employee one-to-one and we do 360 degree feedback. We're like, hey, here's what's working. Like, how can I help you? How can you help me? What can we help each other achieve? And, and things like that. Yeah, that makes total sense. Guy, you, you built like such a great company. It's so exciting. Where, what's the future for you? Or maybe you, you may not be able to talk about new releases or things like that, but like, because you have this big install base now, what are they excited about? Your yeah, so I mean, for me, we're just scratching the surface. You know, we build a really amazing engine to generate new leads, but there's so much more we're going to be building. Like, if you look at how people sell these days, for me, it's very disjointed. There's a lot of wasted efforts. And so I want to build a revenue machine, right? I want to be able to deliver new revenue to businesses in the most efficient way. Uh, and we're just getting started. Like sales and marketing, you know, it's been around forever. There are 5,000 different tools out there. But again, you have to duct tape a lot of them. It's very archaic. Uh, and I think there's a lot of room for consolidation. So we want to build a very efficient funnel yeah. uh, for people. So. Also, probably, I mean, you've got the machine learning or artificial intelligence and like the fact that your database is so smart, I'm sure every time you make that database smarter, every information uh, feed you add to that, it must get exponentially more powerful. Exactly. It's gotta be pretty exciting. And every time we actually get new clients, it gets exponentially better because oh, yeah, we get yeah. more data, yeah, yeah, more yeah. engagement. Uh, so it's, it's getting better and better every day, which that's, is very exciting. That's really cool. Uh, well, dude, this has been an awesome podcast. Can you, you can tell everyone where they can find you? Maybe reach out to your sales team, or maybe they've already been contacted by Grow Labs. Yeah, probably. Your engine is so good. Uh, for sure. So yeah, we at Grow Labs. So GrowLabs.com. Uh, you can contact me on my personal email as well. It's Ben at GrowLabs.com. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if you're you know a B two B company, uh, if you have a sales team or not, you know we can really help you find those new clients at scale. Uh, and just you know, I think in conversation we can show you our product. I think it's it looks and it's and awesome. you know it. it yeah. It really works really well. So. You know what I like? You made this point about there's, there, and it's kind of like us a little bit, and that there's some companies don't have a big sales team, but it's you're making the founder more efficient, exactly. which is actually an incredible ROI in the company because the founder usually knows how to sell the best yes. and knows exactly what, and so filling them up and making them incredibly efficient. I, it, I just think it makes sense for companies maybe before they even have a sales force. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, cool, man. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's great working with you, and I check. I recommend everyone check out Grow Labs, awesome company. Ben, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me.